0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? More details and just a few tickets left at bloomberg.com slash techsf.
1: Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts. Radio. News. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Hewitt podcast, available every morning on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's Tuesday, the 20th of February in London. I'm Caroline Hepke.
2: And I'm Tom McKenzie. Coming up today, Barclays announces plans to reduce costs by £2 billion and return more cash to shareholders.
1: Markets shrug as Chinese banks cut their mortgage reference rate by the most on record.
2: And hacking the hackers. Global law enforcement agencies take control of one of the world's most prolific ransomware sites.
1: Let's start with a roundup of our top stories.
2: Barclays says it will go on a major cost-cutting drive in an effort to boost returns above 12% in the coming years. The British Bank says it will reduce costs by £2 billion by 2026 and plans to return £10 billion of capital to shareholders over the next two years. The news comes as Barclays released its latest set of results, announcing a return on tangible equity of 9% for 2023. Net interest income for the fourth quarter came in slightly ahead of estimates and at £3.14 billion.
1: Now Capital One is buying Discover in the largest global takeover deal of the year so far. The tie-up brings together two US consumer finance brands in the combined firms, surpassing long-time rivals JP Morgan and Citigroup in the market. More now on that story from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner.
3: It's an all-stock deal valued at $35.3 billion, and it creates the largest U.S. credit card company by loan volume. Historically, Capital One has catered to subprime customers who carry a balance on their cards each month. In recent years, the bank's been trying to attract premium customers. Discover has long focused on prime customers with better credit ratings. This deal comes after major declines in Discover shares during the second half of last year. It followed a warning on lapses in compliance. The issue ultimately led Led to the resignation of then-CEO Roger Hochschild. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner Bloomberg Radio.
2: Now, China has ramped up support for the troubled property sector with its biggest ever cut to a key mortgage reference rate. Chinese lenders slashed their five-year loan prime rate by 25 basis points to 3.95%. Head of China Financial and Property Research at Jefferies, Xu Chen, says the move shows Beijing is focused on curbing contagion risks from the property sector, but they will need to do more.
0: China is doing like uh, little by little and uh, like loosening purchase restrictions and uh, also providing like more supportive or more liquidity injection into the property developers. Um, But unfortunately, we haven't seen significant support to stabilize the expectation of property price at this moment.
2: Xu Chen's analysis was reflected in the markets with the move failing to lift sentiments. China's benchmark CSI 300 is currently up just at two tenths of a percent.
1: Now, profits of the mining giant BHP have slipped by 86% in the first half of its financial year. That's as oversupply in the nickel market forced the firm to write down key holdings, including a $2.5 billion charge on the value of its Australian assets. Global supplies of nickel have ballooned due to ramped up production, causing benchmark prices to fall. Despite the disruption, though, the CEO, Mike Henry, says that BHP still achieved growth.
4: In terms of underlying operations and financial performance, it was a really strong half. We had EBITDA up by 5%, net operating cash flow up by a whole 30%. Balance sheet remains strong with net debt at $12.6 billion. And all of that is, has allowed us to declare an interim dividend of 72 US cents per share. Now, yes, we have had a couple of uh, exceptionals, including in our nickel business. By way of a bit of context, the nickel business is the smallest, by by some margin, business within the BHP portfolio.
1: Mike Henry there talking about nickel being only a minor part of the firm's business interests. BHP says that it is on track to meet targets with demand in China and India remaining stable.
2: Now, after decades of occupying different business areas, the last two remaining banks with links to the storied Rothschild name are encroaching on each other's territory. Bloomberg's Tiwa Adabayo has the details.
3: Compared to the biggest global players, Swiss <coughs> private bank Edmond de Rothschild Group and rival Paris-based Rothschild & Co are minnows in the $250 trillion global wealth management industry. But five years after a bitter legal dispute over use of the family name, some analysts say a merger is looking more likely as the two increasingly compete in the cutthroat investment banking and wealth management industries. At the end of 2022, a combined role Rothschild firm would have had about $280 billion in assets under management. A merger has previously been proposed by the French side, but rebuffed by the Swiss. Neither Rothschild firm chose to comment on the matter. In London, Tiwa Adebayo, Bloomberg Radio.
1: The hacker group, which disrupted the $26 billion US Treasury market, has now had its own website compromise. Lockbit held the world's Um, largest lender, the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, to ransom last year, Bloomberg's James Walcott has more on the crackdown from authorities.
2: If you were to go to Lockbit's site on the dark web this morning, you'd see a note saying it's now under the control of the UK's National Crime Agency, with more info to come later. It's a rare public success for authorities cracking down on cybercrime. The gang is the world's most prolific hacking group, with the FBI tracking 144 million ransoms paid. Part of its success comes from its franchise model, where it uses affiliate groups to conduct hacks. Those affiliate groups reportedly received their own message from law enforcement. We have your information and may be in touch very soon. Have a nice day. In London, James Wilcock, Bloomberg Radio.
1: We are going to dive into the Barclays story in just a moment, uh, what's happening in uh, UK European banking. But this also caught my eye. So this is the latest Markets Live Pulse survey bit worrying reading if you are a food manufacturer specifically a sort of junk food manufacturer because a lot of the investors three out of four of the investors that bloomberg spoke to say that actually companies making these unhealthy foods need to course correct now why it's because of the popularity of these weight loss drugs um you know which suppress your appetite yes most of them are injectable but they're going to pill form quite quickly and so apparently it's going to revolutionize um the agri business we, the food we, business. and we've
2: already heard from some cfos and ceos on earnings calls from some of those companies that make those sugar rich and fat rich products and, and and food food stuffs um some impact coming through uh, as customers take these appetite-suppressing uh, drugs yeah. uh, and, and turn away from from some of those items. So it, good news for health, uh, arguably, but but maybe bad news if you're the producer of something that's rich and sugary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can read more about it on the terminal because, of course, those drugs also, we think, or well, there are indications that they affect other addictive things like, you know, drinking alcohol or gambling. And so maybe ramifications more broadly across the market. So anyway, we're still, investors... We're still only
2: understanding we starting to understand yeah. the, the impact of this. this this phenomenon, really.
1: Yeah, early days. Anyway, nice and interesting piece on the terminal for you this morning. But let's go to our bread and butter issues, shall we? On banking, looking at Barclays, their share price doing particularly well this morning, up 6% at least. Barclays says that it's going on a major cost cutting. Uh, The British uh, banking giant uh, is also um, looking at uh, divvying up its market, uh, its business into five separate divisions. Let's discuss with Bloomberg's Tom Mech who leads our finance coverage in Europe, the Middle East and Africa. The results for the fourth quarter, let's look back. Firstly, what did we make of those three months?
3: Yeah, it's quite interesting, right? They're slightly overshadowed by all these plans that the bank has going forward for its new three-year plan. Um, Yeah, I don't think there was any, you know, uh, no disasters in there. I don't think they were, you know, super strong or super weak. So, you know, so far, my take has been like, okay, that's parked. And probably like most shareholders, like, what can we look forward to or what is the bank trying to do going forward? So, I suspect that big jump in the share Price. I saw it was up five percent, six percent. It is probably driven by by some of the details that the executives are going to be sharing.
2: They've already shared via statements, but probably going to be detailing later this morning. Yeah, and I have to wonder uh, to what extent it's down to into down to the share buyback uh, plans or at least the return of cash uh, mm-hmm. to, to shareholders. Ban, as you say, the stock 600 now. The top performer is Barclays, up six point six percent. So investors reacting very positively uh, to what they've been hearing. Um, give us a little bit more more detail on on their plans going forward for, for returning cash shareholders yeah so the big number is
3: 10 billion pounds uh you know both by dividends and buybacks, and that's uh coming through um i think by 2026 so uh between 2024 and 2026 so yeah that is a nice focus i think investors will see it as on you know returns and obviously they're sort of very much embracing that oh and i've just got an alert send barclays now seven percent so mm. they're really enjoying it um so you know so that is one element and then the other thing is, is really relation to the investor bank. That's, in many people view, why the shares might be a bit depressed or, mm-hmm. or struggles against peers, just because it takes up something like 63% of, of risk-weighted assets for the whole group. Uh, and what the Barclays saying today, as expected, we're going to see that reduce down, or we're going to try and make that reduce down to about 50%. And that's not by necessarily cutting the investment bank, but that's by really focusing on the retail side of things um, and other more like kind of solid and stable revenue types
1: um cs men Krishnan, the ceo also talking about being upbeat on the uk i mean what is our view then of his three-year plan as you say there's going to be more detail to emerge um cost-cutting and and reorganisation the focus as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. The the, the reorganisation was interesting. Uh, That's new to me. They previously were set up as three, basically, divisions. Now they've got five with, Mm. you know, basically where you had the corporate and investment bank, you now have a corporate, uh, UK corporate bank, separate to an investment bank. And I think, again, that's probably in part the idea of giving people as much information as they can so they can see which parts of the bank are really you know, generating returns, I suppose. And, and I don't know, I'm just reading um, a research note here from our, our BI team. And uh, you know, they are saying, hey, look, we really welcome that focus on capital distributions um, and some of these new financial targets, i.e. Barclays looking at a £30 billion 2026 revenue goal. Mm-hmm. Again, great. But that does look tricky to meet just because it's like 13% above apparently what analysts are predicting. So there's definitely some ambition here. Um, But I think, you know, like other people are going to see what actually gets delivered.
1: Yeah. And one other major deal that's happening sort of away from Barclays, this global takeover deal, Capital One buying Discover. I mean, I know it's over in the US, but it is the biggest global deal of the year so far. Yeah. Uh,
3: What did you make of it? $35 billion, all stock. Um, You know, Capital One, Discover Financial Services. So, uh, this would basically create the largest US credit card company, uh, at least by loan volume. So, it's really fascinating because you can see, you know, some of the behemoths over there will probably be looking over their shoulders a bit now. Um, Yeah, announced late last night. Obviously, it still requires regulatory approval and and whatnot. But it does look like it
2: will be shaping up the consumer-facing side of US banking. So, you know, big deal. Okay, Tom Metcalf from our finance team, of course, leading the coverage here on Barclays. As we've been talking about the investor reaction to those earnings and that strategic plan, um, being taken very positively. Currently, stock up uh, five point six.
1: Let's uh, switch our focus now to China, though, where the People's Bank of China cut the key mortgage reference rate, the five-year loan prime rate, by 25 basis points to 3.95% in its biggest ever cut. But the additional support uh, for the troubled property sector uh, didn't really dispel all the gloom around Chinese equities. Let's discuss with Bloomberg economist, uh, who covers China and Hong Kong, Eric Zhu. Good morning, Eric. Thanks for being back with us on radio. How much do you think the cut um, will help help Home buyers, or perhaps support the Chinese consumer.
4: Yeah I think it's a twofold intention for the policymakers one is for new home buyers obviously the lower LPR will allow them to uh, pay a lower uh, mortgage so lowering their uh, burden for buying a home and it's also probably more benefiting the existing home buyers who you know are paying a high mortgage given the high interest rates in the past but but now they can they are allowed to repricing to the new LPR that's also going to save some money on mortgage payments and uh, the, the the hope, that the intention for the government is trying, you know, the lower mortgage can allow them to spend more on consumption and uh, helping the economy to recover. We know the economy is still struggling with deflation problems. So the, the demand is too low. So people don't have uh, income ahead, jobs ahead. So the government hopes that mm. uh, this can help them to recover some uh, spending power.
2: What, yeah. what about Eric? What about the, the the property crisis overall? Where where do things stand? And and why 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 are policymakers not being more aggressive? I mean, we're still at around four four percent for this benchmark lending rate. Some, some would see that as yeah. still relatively high in an economy that is struggling yeah. uh, with the challenges that China faces. Yeah, yeah but I think uh, you have to.
4: I have to say that the key issue here is probably not the high interest rates, right? The property market downturn. Part of the downturn is actually engineered by the government. They want to mm-hmm. reduce economy reliance on property market. They worry it's overheating, so uh, there's a big financial risk. So they want to prevent. Uh, they want to the de- you know cool this market before it develops into some bigger crisis. But I think uh, probably uh, they they are not sure that actually the I think the market now into some overcorrection. so people are more gloomy uh, more pessimistic on the uh, on the price uh, excitation they're worried the price will go uh, even down, so they're holding back, you know, uh, new home purchase. So that's actually, we did some analysis, actually the, the demand right now is actually below we had projected by the fundamental uh, demand. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some overcorrection in the market and the government now has mm-hmm. to bring more support measures trying to at least, you know, uh, stimulate back those fundamental demand. But uh, mm-hmm. once it's already you know overcorrected to that extent, it's probably more harder to bring bring them back because expectation is uh, quite difficult to to overturn at this point.
1: Mm. Early indications though of uh, the health of the Chinese consumer emerging from the lunar new year holiday huge you know eight day celebration where people travel mm. so much what what are the first indicators then of how much people spent how confident they were.
4: Yeah. Obviously we don't have February uh, the whole month's data yet but uh, the data from uh, spending travel in during the holidays suggest the headline looks uh, quite robust lots of people traveling for the first time in, in several years after covid but uh, if you look at more details actually look at per capita per day consumption actually the number is not uh, as impressive as the headline suggests right so i think the big story is people are traveling yeah but uh, they're not really spending as much as before